Hello again, dear listeners, to another chilling season of the Dying for Midnight podcast. Dim the lights, close the curtains, embrace yourself for the horror movie discussion that awaits you. Look, Ma, no hands. <laughs> She was looking kinda dumb with a finger and her thumb in the shape of an L uh, on her forehead. What are you talking about? Uh, I was attempting to sing, but the Super Bowl uses an L. Why can't I? Why Don't you get it? No. The Super Bowl uses Roman numerals. Why Smash Mouth? Because we're at episode 50? Oh, well, you know, at least you're not rapping 50 cents, so. <laughs> True. Okay, so this isn't good enough for you. Not, an, not enough respect being put on the number 50. So how about this? 50 is the smallest number that is the sum of two non-zero square numbers in two distinct ways I won't get into because the math really hurts my brain. What about 50th anniversary? You know, the golden anniversary? Yeah, but we're not talking wedding anniversaries, Carrie. Okay, we're not going to be doing 50 seasons of the pod. I mean, I... We won't be alive for a 50th pod anniversary. Maybe you won't. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's cute. Real no, cute. seriously, you need to talk about this week's horror movie. You're acting like a real shitter. What? This is two weeks in a row. Now you're going on a tangent that nobody wants to, you know, listen about. How dare you swear in front of our two children? Who's acting like a shitter now? And that's right, dear listener, we have got our two young horror hounds with us. We've got Zombie Toots, our son, and our daughter, Ghostly Puppers. What's up, you guys? What up, y'all? <laughs> the signature Zombie Toots. Hey, guys, I'm doing good. Awesome. Glad to have you guys for this episode 50. Uh, I'm going to just tell all of you that everybody should care about latitudinal lines, and that's a rant I went on the last episode, and integers this episode, and the significance of the number 50. Nope. All right, well, here's a real DFM horror pod thought. When we started talking about creating this Dying for Midnight podcast last year, um, I started looking around to other horror pods that have been around for way longer than we've been. Ten years old, three to five hundred episodes, and I'm sitting here thinking, how are we ever going to get to at least 50? Well, I'm very thankful and fortunate um, for you and the two kids. And, and here we are at episode 50 and it's, it's been a lot of fun. And thank you, dear DFM listener, DFM family member for tuning in as we talk horror movies. And thank you perhaps for <laughs> revisiting some of our older season one episodes in the past week. I apologize if you had gotten confused. There were about five episodes that got re-released, our Evil Dead 1 and 2 ep. Our Army of Darkness, uh, episode, which that actually included Ash versus Evil Dead. Our Hellbender and Train to Busan episodes, they all say that they just came out. But um, if you've been with us since last year of listened to our catalog, you've originally heard shorter versions of these episodes. Um, when we were starting, we had our movie review and then our second half, what you know as Horror Etc. behind a paywall, which we really didn't want to do that anymore. Um, I don't know, after about a quarter of the way through the season. Um, and then actually our shorter Unwelcome Bonus episode that I did, I went solo on that one. 
was finally, re- excuse me, finally released to everyone. Uh, took about a year to get it off of Apple exclusive. So, anyways, today's 50th episode celebrates a classic John Carpenter essential and one mean machine brought to you by the pen and pad of one author, Stephen King. We are following up episode 49's 1983 Canadian cult slasher Curtains with yet another 1983 hit, only this time one that did not miss mainstream appeal. Of course, we are talking about Christine. Carrie, does the name of a car always have to be a girl? I think it's typical. I mean, most people, you know, do use a woman's name. Uh, what zombie toots? Why do you think people name their? You're the you're the Transformers fan. Mm. Are all Transformers named like after girls? Like, are they girl names or can they be boy names too? They can be girls and boys. Okay. All right. So there's there's an opinion. Ghostly puppers. Should a car's name be a girl name or a boy name? Well, um, it can be both. Like, um, Zombie Tooth said, but um, I would prefer a girl name too. Oh. Okay. All right. I think it's because cars are someone's baby. What about tractors? I think tractors can be named after men. <laughs> what do you two think? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, I don't imagine a car, I mean, a tractor would be a girl name, so you are very correct on that. Yeah, I'll allow that. I mean, do you think they're sexy? <laughs> <laughs> very funny. I think you just showed they're both side of bombastic side eyeing us. Um, they're like, what do you mean tractors are sexy? That totally dated us just there. She thinks my tractor's sexy. It's a song. Song, check it out. <laughs> it really is. It really a song. is. <laughs> Very funny, Carrie. I, I'm actually, you know what? I'm gonna name my tractor Buffy the Crabgrass Slayer. Okay, instead of the <laughs> Don't make fun Slayer. of my Buffy. I'm not making fun of her. This is honoring the tradition of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, both the show. And the the movie. I'm giving the number 50 respect, and I'm giving Buffy the Vampire respect in this episode. Now, anyways, guys, on to movie morsels. Let's play that trailer from this unsettling Carpenter and King heavyweight. And can we please, and maybe the youngins on this episode today can relate to this thought. We're probably not. Can we please get some electric vehicles that not only work, are affordable, but also come in, like, huge sizes? We need to find a way to get both clean and get in huge size cars again, like where you can like fall asleep on the back seat. I, I want to be able to take a cross country trip in a plift, plift, 58 Plymouth Fury. I can't even talk. Electric version. Guys, are electric cars only small or can they be big? I think it could be both. Okay. Right now, there's a lot of small electric cars. Maybe in the future, there there might be bigger electric vehicles but for now i don't think there is like what if they turn what if they turn christine into an electric vehicle (laughs) i mean hey it's possible they could do it i don't think she would be as ferocious or as nasty if she was an electric vehicle she'd need to be charged every once in a while yeah is that code for something (laughs) i would be happy you want christine wait here's a thought christine can get you more quietly she could stalk you Not unless it catches on fire because of the battery. You know what I'm thinking? No, I don't. (laughs) Of the scene in Midsummer about the family. Accidental death. 
Oh, oh, the exhaust yeah. fumes death, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, every time you're talking to your mom and you pull in after groceries, like, Carrie, the garage door's closed, turn off the car. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I hope Christine's in my closet tonight. <laughs> I am really curious as to that comment and also equal parts disturbed. <laughs> yeah, I, I Why? if you want her in... That's a little Have you been up to something in your closet? How did it get so big that it could fit a 58 Plymouth Fury? <laughs> I've been doing some research. I, I have <laughs> been doing some research science stuff because I'm a scientist. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, listen, speaking of scientific things, Gordy Wilson from Back to the Future promised us that he could convert our older models for the future. 2015 was nine years ago, people. What the hell is going on? Give me that. Give me that big old 58 Plymouth Fury electric vehicle. Uh-oh. Are you about to say something? Are you going to spit your soda on, no. Gary? <laughs> I was going to say they were one years old. Who was? In 2015. I was going to say, not in 1958 they weren't. <laughs> Neither were we. No, we weren't. Your pillow is going I to hit the mic, my I think you are dear. talking about us two. No. No. Okay. We talk about you enough. Yeah. Okay. We talk about us more. Okay, well listen, now for the trailer. She is seductive. She is passionate. She is possessive. She is pure. Evil. She is Christine. A 1958 Plymouth Fury. Possessed by hell. Her previous owner is not alive to warn her present one. Once she lures you behind the wheel, you will be hers, body and soul. There is no place you can hide, no place you can run, and nothing you can do can stop her. Because how do you kill something that can't possibly be alive? Christine, body by Plymouth, soul by Satan. That was perfect. I love the way they gave it seductive and deadly female qualities. Finally, we've got a trailer that doesn't spoil the whole damn movie. Yeah, that that was a modern day trailer. I love the big jump scare and the screeching wheels. It just leaves you wanting more for sure. And I didn't mean to rhyme. Yes, you totally meant to rhyme. Any thoughts over there, ghostly puppers? Did you guys just catch the trailer again before you hopped on the episode? Yeah. yeah. Zombie Toots, what's up? Um, so my favorite scene was the one where the tractor destroyed it, but it came back to life just like Transformers. <laughs> I like how you mentioned the tractor. We've got a tractor theme going on in this episode now. Yes, <laughs> ghostly puppers, raising your hand. I love it. It's very interesting how Christine is supposedly a girl, even though cars aren't humans and they don't have gender, but um, she was a girl and um, all the kills were boys. That was interesting. Aha. Aha. Very good call. There was almost a girl kill. Uh Okay. And we'll get into a little bit later. So um, right now we are going to talk posters. 
and tagline for this movie. <clears throat> and I know Zombie Toots and Ghostly Puppers can't necessarily see this picture. Of course, what do you have on the Christine poster? You've got the car. My favorite one is, we've got two here. We've got one with a big red Carpenter branded font. And then we've got the older one who's got a really long tagline on it. And I'm just going to have to say right out of the gate, for simplicity's sake, that I enjoy the one with the longer tagline. I figured. Yeah. I figured. And of course, I like the other one, the real Carpenter-esque one. Now, the Carpenter-esque one, do you remember we went to Gatlinburg to the car museum? Yeah. And you stood in front of this exact poster. I do. But it was like life-size. Yeah. And it had the rearview mirror in the picture. And the whole room was um, glowing blue. The same as this blue on this poster. Yeah. So, um, you're right over there. You're not. You're not choking on a hamburger in the back of 58 Plymouth. Nope. Okay, that's okay, good. I was just coughing. So here's some taglines. Okay. One is, she'll possess you, then destroy you. She's death on wheels. She's Christine. Another one is, once she lures you behind her wheel. You're all hers. Carrie, what about the next one? Body by Plymouth, soul by Satan. Sounds like a really nasty car commercial. How about the next one? Seductive, passionate, possessive. Say hello to Christine, your girlfriend, the car. The next one is the devil's car. She's the devil incarnate. She's Christine. And now we're getting repeating Body by Plymouth and Soul by Satan. Seems like they just combined a couple. And this is a good point that this movie came out in December 1983. Watch out for her this Christmas at a theater near you. That feels like somebody phoned that one in. Yeah. Uh, Watch out. This one is embodying Christine. Watch out for me. I'm pure evil. I'm Christine. And no, if you haven't watched this, which if you haven't, what is the matter with you? No, but she doesn't actually talk. Hell hath no fury like a 1958 Plymouth. You want to read the next one, too? How do you kill something that can't possibly be alive? And I'll do the long-winded one. She was born bad, plain and simple. Somewhere deep on a darkened assembly line. Christine, a 58 Plymouth Fury possessed by hell. She's taken control of her teenage owner, Arnie. Her previous owner is not alive to warn him. And now she's staring straight for the one person in her way. Arnie's girlfriend, Lee. The other woman. All right. Now I saw some hand raised uh, over there. One of you two raised your hands. What question, comment, quick cuts? Um. So when you said that about the car, that's like it's controlled by hell. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, like, when when the people die in the car, it's like Christine wants everybody's soul to be trapped in there. Ooh, Ooh, I like that thought. Good thought. I would not want my soul to be trapped in that car forever. Nope. Me neither. And that's a good point, because what I didn't mention earlier, this episode 50, we titled this from one of the songs played, and our episode title is called... You're mine, and we belong together. From one of those songs they played as the guy's mm-hmm. getting squeezed to death inside of Christine. Oh, yeah. So that's a really good point, and you reminded me of why we called this episode that with that name. Uh, Ghostly Puppers, what are your thoughts? Those taglines were really nice. 
But I have one question. Shoot. Who is possessing the car, and why does she want Arnie? That's a good question. I think it's the devil. Well, it's something evil. I mean, they named this entity Christine. There was an owner beforehand that sold it to Arnie. So it's the same demonic force from owner to owner. And uh, currently it's sitting in a scrapyard just waiting for somebody to pick it up. Yep, the next owner. A third owner, perhaps. Time will tell. And no, there is no plans currently for a Christine 2, although I did see that we're going to be getting a requel or remake or something like that. Well, anyways, guys, now is the portion of our episode where we're going to talk alternate taglines, and that's where Carrie and I each create our own tagline for this week's movie. I'll kick it off. Buddy and his gang of bullies gave Arnie a hard time. Then he got that car. Now, they're almost roadkill. This December, 1983, there's no Michael, no Jason, there's only Christine. She's a classic, and she's furious. That's a good one. You did a good job. (laughs) Thank you. What about you, Carrie? All right. Mine is, treat her right, and she'll protect you. Mistreat her, and she'll kill you. Ooh, and Melwolf. Melwolf's here. Uh, okay. Mailwolf says, okay, the only streaming option is AMC Plus right now. Mailwolf also notes, yes, thank you. I'm also glad to be doing 50 episodes with you too, Mailwolf. Good boy. Go on and lay down. Uh, okay, so you can get this for like anywhere between $16 and $20 on Amazon for the Blu-ray. You can get the DVD for $9, bucks, uh, 6 bucks used on eBay. Mailwolf's got a special note here that you can get the Stephen King six-film collection DVD that not only has Christine, but has Bag of Bones, the miniseries, Stand By Me, Sleepwalker, Secret Window uh, with Johnny Depp, and Apt Pupil with a young Ethan Hawke uh, in that one. Um, that one is only thirteen fifty four right now on Amazon. So that's a really good point, Mailwolf. Good job. We got a winner. <laughs> yep. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> we actually almost had a sound bite for winner, winner, chicken <laughs> dinner. <laughs> it sounds like you're rhyming over there. Uh, yeah, not very, not very well either. No. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, um, we're gonna give it to you a little faster this week, just like Christine. Welcome to the DFM Spoilers Incline. If you haven't watched this week's film or aren't a spoiler hound, you may want to skip this ride. For everyone else, welcome aboard. Please take a seat. Reminder to passengers, as we descend, we ask that you not feed the ghouls or hounds of hell. Enjoy the nightmarish landscape by moonlight as we descend 6,666 eons of brimstone. You now have arrived at your final destination. Spoilers ahead. You were warned. For more information on what an incline is, Google that shit. Now comes DFM's very own Jake the Midnight Traveler. No, he's an emotional support male. Case and carry. My asshole brother bought her back in September 57. 
That's when you got your new model year, in September. Brand new she was. She had the smell of a brand new car. That's just about the finest smell in the world, except for maybe pussy. Funny, those were also my dying grandmother's last words. Huh. Hello again, all my carnivorous comrades of carnage. Jake, the Midnight Traveler, is back here with you all once again to be your guide down the highways of horror. And this week we have one of the most notorious examples of motorized mayhem that you've ever seen. So buckle up and crank the radio as we head straight into darkness on that long, deadly highway just on the outskirts of town as we take a look into the Stephen King slash John Carpenter joint of 1983's Christine. Pretty much if you grew up in the late 80s, early 90s, and at least had basic cable, then this was one of those films that you just couldn't miss when it really comes down to it. Period. Your local affiliate played it, countless cable channels would run it several times a year, and it was on pretty much nearly every video store shelf you could possibly imagine. This was the world that I came into many years ago, so accurately pinpointing when and where I first saw this is completely impossible. All that I can really recall is that as a child, my main fixation was on Matchbox and Hot Wheels cars. I carried them around in a little case wherever I went, and if I had a couple with me, I was never bored. However, as you may recall, I was also gifted with a very overactive imagination and had a deep fear of horror films for the first decade of my life. However, this one was crafty, and due to its subject matter, it was able to hang on to my attention without scaring me away because it had cars. As I came into my love for the genre later on, I know that I caught this as many times as I could whenever it was on. One of my favorite writers with one of my favorite directors was a no-brainer, and some great kills to boot was a surefire way to get and keep my attention. So, killer cars that possessed their owners were in for a young me. Now, let's get into the parts of this picture that make it the mean machine that it is. We've already mentioned Carpenter, who was on such a hot streak at the time, and with him being a car guy to boot on top of it, made him pretty much the best choice for the job. Throw in his musical score and soundtrack choices and his cinematography, this all gave it the perfect tone and visuals for this picture. The cast is a fine mix of members of the Carpenter Stock Company and some of the best and brightest of the genre. Keith Gordon, fresh off Dress to Kill and Jaws 2. Stuart Charno, the lone survivor, one of them from Friday the 13th Part 2. And to top it with new blood for the genre, we have John Stockwell, Alexander Paul, and a young Kelly Preston who round out the younger main cast. Filling out the rest of the roles, we have Roberts Blossom from Deranged, Robert Prosky, Christine Belford, who 
as you guys may or may not know, grew up in the real-life Amityville house as a child before the DeFeos moved in and add the ubiquitous Carpenter Stock Company member Harry Dean Stanton to make this a pretty stacked cast for the era. As for the film itself, I never really had any issues with it. I did think that they could have delved a little bit more into the relationship between Arnie and Lee a bit more, and a deeper dive into why Christine was the way she was. But then again, you only have 90 or so minutes to fit everything in, and there is a lot to fit in here with this. I always was and still am impressed with the special effects on this one when Christine reforms after getting mangled. I can't tell you how happy I am that this was made pre-CGI in so many ways. Yeah, the cost of the cars took up 15% of the budget, but seeing the actual metal pop back out and into place still has a powerful effect on the audience to this day, at least as far as I'm concerned. And kudos to King for picking the imposing Plymouth Fury as the vehicle in question. It's kind of hard to believe that it wasn't originally designed to be made for a horror film, but then again, I guess I'm biased. The kills? Oh man. The kills here are absolutely insane, but not that bloody to boot. I still think that when Christine runs down Buddy and leaves his burning body behind on the highway is one of the best kills in all horror history. Anyone got marshmallows? All in all, I really think that the cast did a great job of bringing this all together. As great as the script and direction are here, it would have all fallen flat if the performances just weren't there. However, I made a decision recently within the last decade, that is, and actually read the novel that was written after the movie rights were secured for this thing. Yeah, Stephen King was so hot that he closed on the movie deal for this before the novel was actually published. And having read the book, wow, Questions were answered, and let's just say that the novel hit a lot closer to home in a lot of ways. With that information, I gotta say that I do look differently at the film now than I did when I was younger. After thinking it all over, I feel that I can fully separate the novel from the film. This is John Carpenter's Christine. The story condensed into 90 or so minutes at the expense of many other things. But to me, it's still damn good. I could go deep into the differences between the movie and the novel. But that's another story for another night. Well, looks like this is where I'll be getting off. You know that I still have a lot of traveling to do and my appointments have me going elsewhere. Until then, I wish you good night. And to make sure you chew every bite of your burger the next time you go to the movies. And remember, rock and roll will never die, no matter how much you want it to. See you next midnight. Jake. Character creativers? Right, Carrie? Yeah, creativers. Creativers.
Maybe we need a soundbite for creativers. I think so, too. <laughs> the uh, jury has spoken. So horror fans might have noticed our unfortunate assembly line worker in the beginning of the film being played by Art Evans. He, uh, actually, you might have noticed he played Detective Lennox in Fright Night. Um, wow. Yeah, Jerry and Billy in Fright Night had Detective Lennox fooled. Now, guys, you remember him? He's the guy in the beginning of the movie where he gets killed in the car factory. Yeah. The yeah. very first guy. Jerry and Billy had Detective Lennox fooled. That is until Peter Vincent uh, accidentally discovered the truth with his mirror. Also known as Barnes and Die Hard 2. 80s film fans of the Brat Pack kind might remember him in a small role in the movie with Elizabeth Shue one year before that in Adventures in Babysitting, where he played a character named Mr. Dukeman. Well, that's right. Yeah. He was in 9 to 5 with Dolly Parton, too. Um, the movie Into the Night with Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Tough Turf, um, a few episodes of Hill Street Blues, and um, sure, he is the quintessential, hey, I recognized him in the 80s, but to really know Art Evans' career, you know that he had an uncredited role as a police officer in Death Wish. Art Evans is alive and well, and will someone please convince Art Evans to have a role in your horror film? Art Evans brings a lot of energy and charisma to any movie that he's in. Now, speaking of the Hill Street Blues show, Philadelphia native Robert Prosky, who plays our lovable cigar-chomping um, garage owner in this, was in 54 episodes of that same show, with my favorite role of his being Leo from 1981's gritty crime drama thriller Thief, his character being a criminal mastermind starring alongside James Caan. Horror fans might also recall he played Father Fonescu in the arguably messy but revered World War II horror The Keep in an episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents. There's just too many Prosky roles to name. Now, our old man George LeBay was played by Roberts Blossom, who has a very underrated but respected career. My favorite role of his is Doc uh, in one of my favorite Clint Eastwood movies, Escape from Alcatraz. Um, he's the guy painting in that movie. He's the misunderstood menacing older man in Home Alone, played Grandpa in Vision Quest, and if you haven't, you've got to check him out in 1974's low-budget but effective Deranged, where he's a killer and a robber of graves. He was in some of the episodes of Tales from the Dark Side show in the Twilight Zone 80s revival effort. And, of course, I could go on about our man Keith Gordon and Jaws 2, or Dressed to Kill, um, and our other two leads, John Stockwell, who bottomed out as Cougar in Top Gun, or as Keith and Eddie in The Cruisers, and Baywatch's own Alexandra Paul, who also was in Dragnet, which just dawned on me today. Yeah. We all need more time to yet again mention Friday the 13th Part 2, and once bitten alum, Stu Charno, who's barely in this movie but still has a presence. So oh, yes, everybody give it up for Ted from Friday the 13th Part 2. Yay! We love Stu Charno and everything. Go to Stu Charno, look him up on YouTube, and you will get Stu Charno thoughts, like a hundred of them. Daily thoughts yep. from Stu Charno. You will enjoy it, I swear. Um, <coughs> now, Christine Belford, Arnie's mom, who I will bring up again later, uh, she's in the female version of Vigilante called The Ladies Club. She made her rounds on 80s television, including some of her favorite of the time, Who's the Boss, Family Ties, Murder, She Wrote, and a lot more. And in the 90s, she was in nine episodes of 90210. You guys have not seen that yet when you're older. And yes, John Carpenter. What else is there to say that hasn't already been said? Well, in my humble opinion, his two excuse me, best tracks ever come from this movie. And that is the two tracks called Obsession and Rape. And they are unsettling and foreboding. And I replay his score from this one more than any of the others. There's just too much trivia to cover 
<laughs> dear listener on this movie, so I thought I'd just mention some people that did not make it into this movie. Okay? Kevin Bacon was offered the lead role, but ended up choosing to do Footloose instead. At one point, Bacon was going to originally star in Dolan's Cadillac, um, another Stephen King story centered around a car. Scott Baio was considered to play Arnie Cunningham, and Brooke Shields was considered for Lee Cabot, but the filmmakers involved all felt the movie would be better served by casting unknowns. John Cusack auditioned for the lead as well, and Nicolas Cage auditioned for the role of Buddy, so Nicolas Cage was almost the bully. I could have seen I could have seen all of that, but I think they made the right call with the cast. Yeah. Okay, Zombie Toots, you've been antsy over there. What's up? Oh, and by the way, did you say this, the Twilight Zone? Yes, I did. Yes. Yeah, uh, we were talking about um, our old man, George LeBay, um, the guy who sold Arnie the car. Uh, he was wow. in Twilight Zone episodes, but not not the old black and white one. They came back in the 80s. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like it's been a lot in a while. Ghostly Puppers, what other thoughts do you want to add to this? I'm kind of surprised that these people are doing horror movies while they're in, like, these family-friendly shows, who's the boss, family mm-hmm. ties, that's surprising. Yeah. And uh, did you hear the part where I brought up Kevin Bacon was almost the lead in this one? Yeah, that is very cool. Yeah. And the guy from uh, Better Off Dead, John Cusack, was almost the lead. I, I could see both of those, but they they did make the right choice. Yeah. When someone says bacon, it makes me think of bacon for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, six yes. degrees to breakfast. Got it. So that actually brings us to intermission. Stick around and listen into the trailers, and then for segment two, horror, etc., to see who paired what with Carpenter's killer car classic. What was our what the hell moment for this flick? Got to stick around to find out. What was our favorite death effect? And we'll discuss a little bit more. See you soon. Heading west on the long, lonely highway, only his dreams for company, until... My mother told me never to do this. Before many miles, he'll wish he'd taken his mom's advice. When Jim Halsey let the hitcher into his car, he opened the doors of hell. I want you to stop me. Once you've met the Hitcher, you'll never pick up another. My wallet's in my pocket. Shut up! We know how to do it. Jesus! Why are you doing this to me? Smart kid. Figure it out. I didn't do it. I didn't do any of it. I'm not a killer. Hold on! This morning, this guy tried to kill me. He's been following me ever since.
terror starts the moment you stop for the hitcher. What do you want? I want you to stop me. Your new Plymouth is here now. You're a hand for keep in a Plymouth. It's the leader of the low price three. You're a hand for keep in a Plymouth. It's the smart car to see. The way Plymouth looks. The way Plymouth rides. No wonder everyone decides. You're a hand for keep in a Plymouth. In the car that's always you get behind the wheel of a Plymouth. And the smart one, that's you. And the smart one, that's you. Drive Plymouth today. Do you find me attractive? Of course. Would you want to sleep with me? Yes. Then why don't you? Because I love my wife, and it isn't worth jeopardizing my marriage. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have been so rude. Thank you for picking up. Mm. The master of the macabre, who shocked audiences everywhere with Sisters, Carrie, Obsession, and The Fury, now invites you to a showing of the latest fashion in murder. <coughs> dressed to Kill, Michael Caine, Angie Dickinson, Nancy Allen, Dressed to Kill, Murder, Made to Order. Okay, we are back for segment two, horror, etc. Carrie, what did you do? What did you pick? I picked the Hitcher. Why? Because they're both cat and mouse movies. You have... They're starring cats and mice. Oh, on one hand, you (laughs) have... Tom and Jerry. Hey, (laughs) stop it. Hey, Tom and Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) You have one movie is between a demonic car and its trapped owner... And the other one is a driver and a serial killer. They're both, you know, played by awesome Rucker Hauer. So I'm laughing because we have Pumpkin that's trying yeah. to crawl up our lap while we're recording. She's hearing the laugh and the clapping. And the kids are here. The kids. Yeah. Okay, so I am responsible for the other Arnie movie, <laughs> Dress to Kill, because Keith Gordon. I almost picked Jaws 2, but I felt like going the more traditional route with Keith Gordon was the better bet. So anyways, 
I see we're kissing the dog on this episode. Cute. Isn't that just That's cute? That's a cute look for you. Puppers. Huh. Thank you. Moving right along to what the hell moment. What the hell? What the hell is that? Honestly, uh, for me, <coughs> pardon me, it's the way the mom is portrayed in this film. I just don't get why she's such a bitch <laughs> to her son, um... who's already having a hard enough time. I mean, you can't park your car in the driveway. That reminds me of people that serve on HOA bar bars. <laughs> Let's go to the HOA bar. That'll be the worst bar in town. HOA boards. Um, and like totally reminds me of why we don't live in HOA. Hey, you two, knock it off over there. Um, you know what I'd say to our kids? Make sure you lay some cardboard down or sawdust or litter if it's leaking oil. And what's your plan to get it up and running? And hey, by the way, we'll make sure you can park into the garage during a storm. Need a few bucks here and there? Um, if Zombie Toots and Ghostly Puppers were that passionate about restoring an old clunker, I say have at it. But yeah. to say that you're not allowed to keep your car anywhere near the house is absolutely insane. And that was the... You made a good point earlier about Christine not killing women. But if there was one that he did, I would have picked the mom to bite the dust. Well, technically, <laughs> in the prequel of this movie, she did kill the daughter and the mother. Okay. Technically, if you were listening. Okay, well, all right, so he's focused on the men in this movie. Carrie, what's your what the hell? So moment? my what the hell moment is Buddy's gang not only destroys the car, but then Arnie finds out from the detective, played by Harry Dean Stanton, that they all pooped on it or in it or both. <laughs> you know, is that a boy thing? Because I know a girl, at least me, would not do that. Sorry, we got sounds coming over from the peanut gallery over here. <laughs> 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 so anyways, um, um, yeah, no, no comment. I, I mean, I, I probably would have befriended Arnie. Um, Zombie Toots, you got a thought? Yes, I do. Is it related to deaths? No, but it is related <laughs> to you. Yes. You. Uh-oh. To. Yes. Are swearing in front of our fans here. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. sorry. You know what, though? This is, you You have the benefit of being on an explicit labeled pod. So Where people, people expect, expect on a horror pod yeah. to listen to swearing. So let those explicatives fly. Not, you not, do not you, swear. Not, not you too. <laughs> you two should say sorry to our fans here. Oh, man. Uh, you know what, dear listener? I'll try to say shit, damn, hell, F this and that a whole lot less. I told you. Now you have to say sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. They should play that inside yes, the they Christine. they should. Play. Although she's not sorry. Yes. Sorry, not sorry. That would be the new Christine. She would Christine would be able to update her social Mom. status. That would be weird, especially since you've got all the Bluetooth in the car now. And all there's the a, online stuff. There's a whole other thing to be at with Christine now. There's a whole other aspect. Ooh. Uh-oh. Ghostly puppers grind. Her, her and the direction. What do you call this? The direction. Gears are turning. You're right. Okay, oh, ghostly puppers. What's up, ghostly puppers? Um, if this happens and Christine can have, like, a social status and call people, um, why would she call people if she can't talk? And this is kind of gonna be like Scream, where he calls people, but <laughs> except without, um... Christine's gonna ring the doorbell? Like, wait a second, she doesn't have any hands or feet. How'd she make it up to the front door? With the technology, she's gonna create her own AI. 
Oh, yeah. Christa, the AI taking over Christine. Yeah. Kind of like him where this line of thought is going. But uh, no, but um, let's, before we digress into the sequel that will never be, uh, let's move right along to favorite death or effect. I'm actually going to go with Moochie's death. He was, in fact, a real shitter, as Arnie puts it, throughout the course of the film. Um, none of these assholes are likable, so it's very satisfying to see them all get mowed over by our favorite 58 Plymouth Fury. Uh, and, guys, that was the one where Christine chased them down the alleyway and then squeezed them at the end of that yeah. dead end. That's yeah. Moochie. Um, the nicknames in this are ridiculous, too, by the way. Uh, yeah. Carrie, what is your favorite death or effect? So mine is Buddy's death. You know, it it's he, utterly it destroying. Yeah, yeah, after they destroy Stu Charnel's family's gas station. I mean, you're seeing that fire can't even damage Christine. How about the camera angle after he gets run over and you just see the flame trail yeah. as it just continues it's, on afterwards? It's, it's a very beautiful effective. scene. It's a beautiful. What well, a beautiful... I mean, visually, visually. Buddy, we are honored to have known ye. <laughs> I you hope you like the fire. Bully. Yes. <laughs> Indeedy. So, Carrie, what are you... Well, you know what? We'll change it up a little bit of this episode. We are going to start with Ghostly Puppers. With five being the best, how many flamethrowers would you give Christine? This is a very hard one. I think I might give it a 4.5. Ooh, four and a half. I like it. Zombie 2, she's throwing down. That's a big score. Okay. there. <laughs> Zombie Toots, what do you have for a score out of five? Ten. Nope. No, nope. we can't have ten. We can only have up to five. Max five. Five's the best score. Five out of ten, because her nope. color is beautiful. <laughs> Listen, so you're giving the movie a five? Out of five? A perfect score. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I just love the color and the flames. And the music? Nice. Yeah. Hey, Zombie Toots, I think you need some caffeine. Wake up over there. (laughs) I'm already wake up because I had coffee this morning, sir. Okay. Yes. Okay. Wow, so we've got five and four and a half. I am a little surprised. (laughs) Me too. Okay. Well, Carrie, what are you scoring this one? So, uh, I'm giving this a four. Okay. I love this movie. It's just, I think there's more to the movie I wanted to see. Okay, guys. Well, listen, uh, since we ended up with a weird decimal score, because we've got a little statistical outlier in this episode with four people rating it, uh, we are going to rate this one. Technically, it's a 4.375 out of five, but we are going to round up to four and a half out of five flamethrowers. Torch it. All right, guys. You didn't give me a rating. I said four. Oh. Leave me alone. I'm already How... getting yelled at for swearing in this episode. How dare you? <laughs> you yes. two better behave over there. I'm going to have to put you in timeout. You're going to see us parking in a 58 from the Fury. Would you two not want to go and... <laughs> hey, do you two want to go to adult timeout? <laughs> sure. Sure. Okay. Ghostly nice. Puppers, what's up? Please. I, I don't want to see the kissy stuff. That is... Zombie Toots? What are you saying about Zombie Toots? Zombie Toots is starting to sound like your new parent. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Are you in charge of the pod now, Zombie Toots? Not yet. <laughs> you might have to fight Ghostly Puppers for that one. Mm-hmm. She talked about She's carrying on the pod. Okay. 
All right, well, listen. <laughs> there will be no violence on this horror podcast. No violence. Not actual physical violence among but members of this pod. But I'm still your dad. Okay. Get okay. back to work. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, speaking it. of work, uh, Carrie, is this, is Christine in your top five John Carpenter flicks? Yes, it is. Now, would you like to start with number five? <laughs> so, number five is Christine. Okay. Okay. Number four. The Fog. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. I love that atmosphere. I'm surprised of that movie. you picked The Fog. I love you that movie. You don't really movie. talk about it a whole lot. I'm, just because I don't talk about it doesn't mean I don't love it. Okay, excuse me. All right. Don't mock her. Oh, sorry, oh. boss. Oh man, this is getting rough. All right. <laughs> Number three, Halloween. Mm-hmm. You know Ooh. me. I love Halloween. I love that movie. I love those movies. Now, guys, listen to number two on our top. Five carpenter. I list. love Halloween because it has the like guy with the mask is breathing. That's mm-hmm. it. You're right. You're good right. call, man. That is a good choice. My number two John Carpenter movie, Big Trouble in Little China. Uh huh. Would you like to swear now, since Go one ahead. of your favorite things includes a minor swear word? Go ahead. What does Jack Burton always say? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Good job. I love it. I we'll love allow it. Ghostly puppers, you look stunned. You're What's just up? Un, just unbelievable. <laughs> she's disapproving. She's, she's she's thinking about herself twenty years from now and say, "What kind of family was I raised in?" <laughs> it looks like Ghostly puppers side eyeing you two. Oh, she is. You're indeed. right. I feel like the silent rage of the Chuck Norris kind staring at me. Okay. Number one, and this is a movie we just introduced you guys to this year wow. too. The thing. That is my favorite, is my favorite horror movie of all time. And that's why we use flamethrowers for rating movies, too. Uh, what about Honorable Mention, Carrie? So, The Prince of Darkness, I really, we watched that one movie a lot. So, of course, that gets an Honorable Mention. You know, Escape from New York. Uh, and I did enjoy Starman. Oh, yeah. You know what? We never showed uh, no, they these just, two yeah, suckers no. over here. We haven't showed you guys them. I mean, our two lovely children. How you would like dare Starman. you? <laughs> yeah. Starman would be really good. The um, the one, yeah, the one woman from Indiana Jones uh, and the, don't give yourself a hernia over there. Um, Indiana Jones will Puppers you. has got some rage I'll in this episode. Time out. She's dressed in these, these, these cute blue and pinks. But she's got a scowl on her face. And now she's even more scowl because you call her dressed in pink because she hates the color pink. Oh, she wears it all the time. Uh, so is this part of my top five John Carpenter flicks? The answer is yes. Yeah. Um, the Thing, which actually we did cover in episode one. Number four. <laughs> yeah, laugh it off over there. <laughs> Prince of Darkness, episode 36. We actually covered that movie. I love that one. That kind of, I've always said that feels like the cousin or the sequel to, unofficially at least, to Big Trouble. Uh, number three is, uh, we're in agreement. I also picked Christina the three spot. Number two is Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, same spot uh, as well for me there. And number one, my all-time favorite John Carpenter flick and favorite, favorite Kurt Russell role is Snake Plissken and Escape from New York. Uh, honorable mention to one that most people think that John Carpenter started with the movie Halloween, but there is quite the Urban Decay movie called Assault on Precinct 13 that he did before that. And of course, I love They Live. And I just, I'm going to say I'm a little burned out on the original Halloween. I don't hate it, 
I still love it a lot. It's just kind of fallen down the ranks for me a little bit. But uh, yeah, still lots of love for Michael. Um, now for uh not so random topic of the week, I'm gonna kick this off by talking about my top five Stephen King adaptations. Wow. Yeah, thanks for the endorsement. Number five is is thinner. Number four, stop it, is the mist. Number three, you guys haven't seen any of these, I don't think. Three is misery. Number two, I know you've seen two and one. Two is Silver Bullet, the werewolf movie with Corey Haim in a wheelchair. And the Ginger Dead Man is also in that movie, Gary Busey. (laughs) And number one, you need to see Ginger Dead Man, you guys. And number one is Stand By Me. I know you guys enjoyed that one a lot, too. Um, Honorable mention goes to this week's movie, Christine, because it is my favorite Stephen King book, but there's just too much good stuff in the book that can never possibly fit into a movie. And I know that that's true for most, but I really feel that way about Christine. It's got a special place for me. Favorite Stephen King book. What about you, Carrie? Is this in your top five Stephen King adaptations? Yeah, I mean, although I might not have necessarily read all these books um, per se, but I agree with you. Books usually, for the most part, are better than the movies made, just because there's always too much information to be made into a movie. Number five. Christine. It's it's just it's really really good story. Four. The original Carrie movie. Ooh, good call. They need to see that. That yeah, I mean, that is telekinesis and it's just crazy crazy craziness. <laughs> you want to talk about crazy mom? Yeah, you're right. What about number three? Misery. Okay, and number two. The mist. That was a really well done. Well done one. Um, but my favorite, Salem's Lot. Yeah, and earlier in season one, you talked a lot about Salem's Lot. Yeah, it was my first Stephen King book I ever read. Yep. So for me, it has a special spot. Ghostly Pupper over here is looks like she was in Misery before. Ha ha, you get it? Misery the movie and you're in Misery. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> misery loves company. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, now what about honorable mentions? My honorable mentions are Stand By Me, The Shining, Pet Cemetery, and The Stand miniseries. I love that. And I remember watching that with my mom and dad. And they weren't big Stephen King fan, like, book lovers. But I remember watching that on TV. Hmm. Very good. Okay, guys. Well, this brings us to our very last segment for this week's episode, where I've got special questions just for ghostly puppers and zombie toots related to today's movie, Christine. Now, we're going to start with ghostly puppers. Um, What did you think about the idea of this movie about an evil possessed car? I really like that idea. Maybe not in real life, though. I wouldn't like to get killed by a car. Um, but it's a really creative idea of a possessed car trying to kill you. That's a really good idea, so I really like that idea. Okay. Now, uh, Zombie Toots, were you scared during any parts of the movie? Was there, like, a scene that was, like, one of the scariest for you? Nope. I I feel like when Christine chases you, but you're running from her, it feels like the boyfriend's running from the girlfriend. Oh, that's a good. And I don't want to be together anymore. Mm. Oh, that's perceptive. Hmm. Now, 
ghostly puppers, what would you have done if you were one of the characters in this movie? I honestly don't know, but um, I if I was the main guy, is it Ar- Arnie? Arnie, yeah. Arnie. That's okay. Um, if I I don't know if he knew that his friend kind of liked that girl, but I probably wouldn't kiss that girl if I knew my friend actually liked that girl. So. Uh, okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, they were kind of competing for that same yeah. girl. Yeah. Although that happens I, often. I yeah. would. <laughs> okay, well, listen. Well, listen. Okay. Okay, Zombie Toots, you're on the spot now. How did the movie How did the movie make you feel about one day owning a car? Does it make you think about owning a car differently since you watch this movie? Yeah. Like, when you get your license, do you are you going to think about this movie? Yeah, and it's going to make me think about, like, it feels like it's a romance movie, but yeah. it's actually a horror movie. So what about, like, whenever you start driving someday? Is it going to kind of freak you out to think about Christine when you start driving? Nope. <laughs> okay <laughs> number he's gonna name it after transformer come on okay i'm gonna name no. it after like bumblebee nice so uh we're at the well into the spoiler portion of our pod um so we can bring this up uh ghostly puppers were you surprised by the ending of the movie why or why not i wasn't really too surprised um did you expect arnie to die along with the car Oh, no, but I wasn't even expecting for him to be in the car. I was expecting for that to be Christine. I wasn't expecting Arnie to be in there. So he was in there, but he wasn't really driving. He was kind of like, she kind of took hold and possessed him and kept him yeah. in the car while she did everything. I noticed as it went on, he started to become jockey and then like more moody and stuff. Yeah, and his clothes changed. He yeah. went from dressing nerdy, his attitude changed. And uh, actually, that's one of the bits of trivia. He started dressing more like James Dean as the movie went on. He got more aggressive. He got more aggressive, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and he started yelling at his girlfriend. You're right. He started yelling a lot more, getting angry more easily. That's a really good it's point. It's like no, no. he d- didn't care about his girlfriend, but the but he cared about the car. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, I probably maybe one of Randall's or maybe. I, I don't know what the machine is called. I'm not um, a yeah. construction sort of person, but the one where it has the wrecking ball, maybe that would have been better. Oh, good call. Good wrecking call. ball. Yeah, that certainly yeah. would have been a lot of fun um, to see that play out. So, uh, Zombie Toots, what do you think the movie was trying to say about, like, obsession or possession Meaning, like, Arnie was obsessed with this car. That's all he cared about. What do you think about that? What was the movie trying to tell us? It's like when when you, like you said, that he's obsessed with it. Yeah. It's like he he thinks, like, let's just say if if his mom died, he wouldn't really care. He would just care about the car. That is really, really? perspective. Yeah. Holy smokes, man. I wasn't You're expecting that. You're blowing me away. Okay. <laughs> You're right, he wouldn't care about anything. He only cares about that car. Not even if if his girlfriend dies. Hell, he'd probably want to be buried in that car. Yeah. yeah. As long as he was with the car. <laughs> yeah. And maybe he is. Now, thinking about... This is for Ghostly Puppers. Uh, thinking about the car coming back to life, or the death of the characters, did you think the special effects in the movie were realistic or cheesy? Why? The effects 
realistic, but um, a few times he almost hit the camera when he was driving the car, which was a little nerve-wracking probably for the producers and the director because they could break maybe... I don't know, a $500 camera. Well, you make a good point. They had over 25. Yeah. They had over 25 of the same exact car. And they would you they not only did they shoot in Darnell's garage, they also used it for an actual garage to keep up with having to maintain all the they had the same car 20 some times because they would do those kind of shots, things would break. Um, wreck batteries would um, run out on the headlights. They had special headlights that would run out quickly to make them brighter. So that that's a really good point. But um, what do you think about after Buddy and his friends destroy and poop all over Christine? That um, that you see it coming back to life, like the parts kind of coming back together and reforming. I was about to say that, but it was a it was a really good cliffhanger. That it just left you with a little tiny. Oh, at the end there, yeah. Yeah, the little, yep. the little tiny movement. But if you're talking about when it reformed itself, um, that was a really cool. Um, I that was giving Transformers definitely <laughs> transforming back. I mean, it's not the exact same because Transformers transform into vehicles and. And robots. Christine was just like transforming itself back to health. Yeah. So without naming specific names, um, Zombie Toots, would you recommend this to any of your classmates? Some of them. Some of them? Okay. Ghostly Puppers, what about you? Would you recommend this to your close friends? Probably my close friends, yes. But um, if you were talking about the whole class, no. Because I'd probably get in trouble, and they would go <laughs> good crying point. to the teacher, and um, yeah, uh, very I good. Re- recommend it. That's a good point. Well, everybody, okay. uh, that about wraps it up for episode fifty. Ghostly puppers and zombie toots. Thanks for joining us. Uh, next, you welcome. Yeah, and actually, guys, we're actually taking a little bit of a break. We've got some family stuff going on over the next couple of weeks, uh, but we like will be we. not just playing video games, <laughs> but but. We will uh, come back on uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend for our St. Patty special, where we are going to talk in episode 51 about Warwick Davis and Leprechaun, the, the killing, rhyming little man from Ireland. You guys could watch that. Yep. Love you guys. See you next episode. Take it easy. Peace out.